Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading. I am Alan Bresnick. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And hey, I'm Jeff Baumgartner, another editor at Light Reading. Got a bunch Boom. Of Three editors. Mm-hmm. That must mean something big's about to happen. Um, <laughs> actually, it's it, we're recording this on a Friday, so the only thing that's about to happen is we're about to empty out our notebooks and then go have a beer, probably. Um, but exactly. uh, before we do... We've got some Leading Lights stuff to talk about, and this podcast is a second in our series of Leading Lights podcasts, where we're going to talk about the finalists. Um, we've we've determined who the finalists are in the Leading Lights. We're very close to determining the winners. Uh, if you want to know who the finalists are in each category, please do go to lightreading.com, search on Leading Lights. It's all there for you. Um, we're not going to talk about every single company individually. We are going to hit each category that uh, these fine gentlemen were judges on. And then uh, talking a little bit about uh, what we learned in each category or just generally what our impressions were of the uh, entries that stood out to us. Um, For the first podcast in this series, uh, it was myself, it was Kelsey Zeiser, and it was Mike Dano. So uh, we covered a whole bunch of SD-WAN security and 5G uh, related topics in that podcast. So please do go back and Check that one out. And let's go ahead and get started here, shall we? Um, I'm going to look here, and it looks like um, the first category that comes up in our finalist list as we published it was uh, Best New Cable Tech Product or Service, and Jeff Baumgartner was the lead judge in that area. What uh, what say you, Jeff? How was that category for you? Um, <laughs> it was interesting. There was um, a pretty good mix of uh, products kind of in that category. I mean, we had, uh, you know, some kind of focused on, you know, Cable's role with ATSC 3.0, which is like the next gen broadcast signaling standard, you know, um, uh, a little bit further out in the future, but, you know, there's, they're starting to think about it now, but uh, uh, there were, there was quite a bit, you know, focused on uh, kind of where the, cable access network is, uh, is heading. Right. And, uh, so we had a lot of stuff coming in on, uh, distributed access architecture, which, you know, kind of pushes, uh, functions and, and, uh, some hardware kind of deeper out into the network, kind of preparing for, for Docs 4.0, um, had a couple there. He had some that were kind of fiber focused, you know, if you're a cable operator, you have a lot that are, uh, you know, looking at, Fiber and green fields, maybe some brown fields as well. And then uh, yeah, another one on uh, really focused on, you know, virtualization, you know, virtualizing, you know, the access network and kind of making kind of a cloud native uh, play in that area. So, uh, you know, a lot of different areas, but, uh, you know, all kind of touch on kind of a different, uh, you know, kind of hot area, yeah. you know, hot point for some of these uh, cable operators. A lot of it focused on the the uh, the evolution of the cable access network, which is makes sense. That's the big pain point right now, and that's also kind of the you know the forgive the term, but the gateway for where things are going to go next, I guess, or how long uh, you know a cable provider can continue to compete against the incumbents in its space, you know, in in whatever region. Um, that's good. So Jeff, you also had. Uh, uh, the best new cloud product or service category. And we focused this one on 
network operators. Um, that was an exciting one too, because what I like about the kinds of companies that I saw some of the entries in is that these were uh, companies that were not traditional telco service providers or traditional cable service providers, even though that's what you would first think of when you say network operator. These are this is a pretty pretty uh, uh, wide variety of company types, and that was that was kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah, and and you know we did have a couple of uh, you know kind of yeah kind of the traditional operators in there, you know, charter with Spectrum Enterprise, you know, doing their unified communications, uh, omnichannel service. Um, and then Cox, you know, they're, they're in there with this new Cox Edge uh, service, um, you know, kind of focus on low latency and stuff that's pretty new. And then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, these other uh, ones that are definitely not directly in that, you know, arena, you know, with uh, Alkira and BSO and PAP, uh, Packet Fabric, um, you know, kind of all involved, but still, you know, kind of focused on that uh, network operator kind of subcategory. Yeah. It really, they're, they're, you know, they're offering something as a service or, or, you know, something over the cloud uh, or as a cloud-based service, but they're, you know, competing with network operators on some level, you know, they're, they're, right. they are putting together some subset of services that you would traditionally buy from your network operator. That's what's interesting about this is the, the competitive uh, edge there. Um, uh, keep us moving right along here. Uh, let's see. Let's go to best new video slash media product or service. So this is a great kind of category because, again, it's it's really broad and we're looking for everything streaming video or other media uh, that was, uh, you know, announced during the past year. Uh, Alan, you had... Uh, you, you, uh, you had the gavel on this, uh, <laughs> on this group of companies and this group of entries, what the, would you, would you find out, uh, as you look through it or what kinds of companies, uh, you know, just stood out? It was a nice mix of companies. We don't often, sometimes we don't get a lot of companies in this category. So it was great to get, uh, have five finalists in this. And there was a mix of companies that are both providers and, um, service providers and technology providers as also a mix of companies that are North America and Europe. Um, so was, I don't know if there's one trend that came out of this, but it's a lot of next-gen technologies, which is what we were looking for. I mean, one company is talking about using um, virtual reality and, and 5G. Um, another company is talking about um, improving the video delivery um, of streaming video. Another company is talking about super aggregate being a super aggregation service of a uh, streaming video. So it was a nice mix of different kinds of technologies, different kinds of services from different kinds of companies. Great. Yeah. That's, that's always exciting. It, it is weird to, you know, kind of do the apples to oranges comparison, but, uh, but it is all about, you know, a judgment call ultimately about, you know, what, what strikes us as the most innovative at this particular time or the best, you know, the, the best product that seemed in that category, um, in streaming video anyway, it's, it's such an interesting challenge that those companies, the streaming providers face right now, because they are, um, pushing to be hyper competitive and get the best quality stream. But they also know that everybody's broadband access networks are maxed out and, uh, you know, and, and so, so they have to be really smart about how they do that. You know, it can't, they can't just 
load up on 8k streams and <laughs> send everything it's like there has to be a lot of smart networking that happens between their office and you know the end customer to get the super high quality picture on whatever it is the customer's connecting on and i i just find that 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 challenge in particular doesn't it doesn't seem to be acknowledged often enough. You know, we talk all the time about the broadband side and, you know, which providers are upgrading their networks and who's offering gigabit this or that. But uh, those streaming providers really are on the hook for the quality of, of what the consumer uh, or the business is ingesting at the other end. Um, anyway, a fascinating category. And, and, yeah, definitely, and, I, I th- and to follow up on that, I think the pandemic has really highlighted that. Uh, the importance of the, of the quality of the network and the quality of the uh, of the streaming video um, image that, that comes through. Yeah, yeah, and definitely uh, this year of of all years, you know, you also have the fact that we have it's an Olympic year. It's uh, you know we're uh, uh, you know more people were at home <laughs> watch you know using video for for conferences and things like that. So yeah, with with those things combining, you kind of have a an even higher quality bar than normal um, at a time when the networks are their busiest. So I thought that was a remarkable uh, category. Um, And I'm also pleased to see that it wasn't the same kind of company, the same kind of product over and over again. Every time we see that, I kind of go, maybe we should, maybe this category is tired, (laughs) but, uh, Mm -hmm. but this, this didn't seem like a lot of these two, I get a couple of these entries. They, they weren't, uh, they weren't just incremental things. They were wholly new uh, uh, types of products. So, so definitely go check those out uh, at the, you know, in our finalist story. And then also, you know, um, please do search, you know, light reading because we've, we've written about a lot of these companies, a lot of these services uh, uh, at, at various times. And uh, it's, it's um, a, a lot of articles in there from the past year that, uh, that are kind of, uh, that, that, that remind me that we've covered this stuff before when I see them in these uh, uh, leading lights things. Um, let's see. So we'll move on to most innovative service provider cloud strategy. Uh, Jeff had that one. And that was for a network operator or service provider who really has said what they're doing in the cloud. They've articulated in a in an understandable way and they have some intriguing strategy uh, at work in however they're attacking their end market. And what's interesting about this is that we don't really, um, uh, this this category is kind of agnostic to what that end market is. We're really just interested in, uh, you know, companies uh, using the cloud in interesting ways and applying some sort of strategy to it. Uh, Jeff, what uh, what types of things were, uh, were lurking in this category? Yeah, um, you know, to your point, I mean, there was, you know, quite a bit of diversity in the, uh, in the entries, you know, that, that we saw, um, yeah, we had four finalists, but, uh, what was kind of interesting, um, half of them that, that kind of rose to the top had to do with, uh, uh, using the cloud to manage home Wi-Fi services as well as, uh, business services, you know, for Wi-Fi. And, um, uh, you know, I think it just kind of speaks to where we are now with, with broadband to the home or even to the business. And that is, uh, you know, we like to talk about, you know, the speeds and feeds to the premises, but, you know, if your network inside the premises is bad, you know, everything else is bad. And uh, I think to a lot of consumers, you know, uh, you know, Wi-Fi, you know, is broadband to them since everything 
lot of things in the home are all connected uh, to Wi-Fi. So, uh, yeah, a couple of really good entries kind of tied into that, you know, to kind of uh, analyze and uh, monitor, you know, what's going on in that network and be able to proactively uh, jump on things if, if you find something that's kind of a miss. And then um, also, you know, some bigger picture uh uh, strategies, uh, you know, kind of also came to the fore with, with like uh, DT, uh, you know, with kind of this next gen IMS approach uh, with a lot of automation, and and you know it was kind of interesting to read through that because you know, I was trying to think back to like the early days of IMS, and you know everybody would always say, oh, it's it's gonna be it's really difficult. It's like you know, changing, you know, the fuselage of a plane while it's in the air, you know, was kind of the, the way that would be expressed or explained. And it's like, okay, well, next gen IMS. So, you know, where does that take it? You know, how difficult is that? But maybe, you know, automation in the cloud, you know, kind of makes uh, kind of that next step, you know, with what you're going to do with IMS a little bit easier. So, uh, you know, kind of just using the power of the cloud to do just about everything these days. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, uh, uh, you said it well. I, IMS is is uh, was a very hardware dependent, uh, exceedingly difficult thing to implement back in the uh, back in the day. But uh, once once it became more of a cloud native, uh, uh, ex- once it sort of took on a cloud native existence, uh, that freed it up to be uh, you know instantiated and used in in much more modern ways. And for the service provider, it allowed them to you know, continue to offer some legacy services, but also spin up new ones where and when they need to. So it, I'll, I'll dig into that Deutsche Telekom entry, entry. That'll be interesting to, uh, to, to, to check out, um, and, and to read up on that, that service in general. Um, in the, uh, um, you know, one of the different, the last two th- categories that we're going to talk about, we got one each for one for Alan, one for Jeff. Um, this year we did things a little bit different in that a lot of our, uh, uh, categories, uh, over the years have been, you know, product and service centric, you know, new product, new service, that sort of thing. But what we were discovering is that the technology itself doesn't tell the entire story of how some of these trends are taking shape. So this year we were uh, very intentional about having categories where we called for outstanding use cases, because we think that there are some collections of technologies that are used in some cases and calling out one single new product or new service doesn't seem to do it justice. Um, We also wanted to open it up so that vendors and service providers could uh, sort of compete against one another in the same category, but also join up and, uh, you know, enter categories as pairs. Um, or on behalf of one another, and that that worked out pretty well. A lot of the use case categories were uh, uh, were heavily uh, 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 patronized, I, I guess I should say. Uh, for the first one here, outstanding use case customer experience. Uh, Alan, what did uh, uh, what did you discover as you were looking through that? First, I was really impressed and a little overwhelmed by the number of entries we got because we got over like twenty entries for it. It was yeah. really hard narrowing it down to uh, seven finalists. Um, the other thing impressive was that there was some really good metrics that a bunch of the companies, including all the finalists, used. So there's a lot of good data as to what made these use cases so successful. And it was also a great range of companies, a couple of service providers, 
a couple of vendors, uh, some vendors working together with service providers with all sorts of different technologies and all sorts of different industries. Um, and, a, and a couple of really in, engaging case, uh, use cases that uh, even if the companies don't end up winning, they, they get points just for, you know, some, doing some really inventive things there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. Cause we can, we, we, we definitely, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I definitely have mentally bookmarked a couple of things that I read in the use case categories as like, oh, you know, we should go back and do a story on this. This is interesting. <laughs> you know, it's like when or you know, whether they win or not, some of these are, are just interesting applications of technology and, and also businesses that are using, uh, communications technology in different ways, just as a, to illustrate the point, you know, you've got everyone from Juniper Networks to Plume to Spectrum Enterprise in this one category. So that's a really um, a wide range of companies all in different markets, um, but all of them focused on delivering an interesting or, or a superior customer service uh, by way of a communications network. Um, that's uh, that's interesting too, because I that that category could have been interpreted as just OSS BSS companies because they think of themselves as you know CX companies and you know that sort of thing. Uh, but it was it was great to see uh, everyone from network equipment providers to network operators all all chipping in there. Yeah, and yeah, and the use cases range from things like helping big banks improve their their uh, uh, customer calling service to um, Another one uh, to a fiber provider helping onion farmers uh, improve their their uh, take uh, their growing of Fidelia onions, which was huh. which is a pretty cute uh, use case. I thought a memorable one for sure. Uh, and uh, glad, uh, as the Brits would say, Alan Alan gets to judge that category because he knows his onions. So there you go. Um, <laughs> That's right. uh, the only person laughing at that is Paul Rainford our, on our copy desk. Everyone else just just switched off their uh, podcast. Um, uh, last category before we're uh, kind of running up against it time-wise, uh, outstanding use case for private wireless networks. Jeff, you had that one. Um, obviously, private wireless networks are incredibly popular and an incredibly uh, interesting use of uh, 5G and 4G technology. Uh, what kind of... Uh, what kind of companies or uh, things did you see see there? It's probably not a shocking group of companies that that popped up in this one. Yeah, and in a way, I thought that uh, this this one was probably the uh, hardest one to judge, just because um, everyone, a lot of them were kind of focused, kind of in this uh, particular part of the market, uh, particularly around uh, the use of uh, CBRS as you know for for private wireless networks. And there, there were some really uh, incredible uh, ways that that's being uh, used. I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of business applications for this, um, but a number of them were really focused on uh, community level activity and involving students and schools and, you know, pro- figuring out a way to provide connectivity, particularly during, you know, pandemic in which, you know, broadband connectivity you know, has never been more important. It has always been important, important, but uh, you know, the, the pandemic has really pulled that forward, uh, and particularly for uh, you know students in uh, underserved or you know low income areas. You know, the, some of these companies stepped up to provide 
connectivity using these private wireless networks and using CBRS uh, spectrum. So, uh, you know, it, it was a, a really interesting um, range of uh, ways that, that private private wireless networks are being used. You know, for for profit, <laughs> of course, but also uh, to kind of enhance, you know, kind of work with the community and and um, uh, you know make sure people are connected. So. Uh, some really good, you know, novel use cases there uh, to go over. Yeah, another example too of how the pandemic is is you know continuing to shape uh, the ways that uh, you know people are buying and consuming technology. Like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be not for profit or for charity. I mean, there are business cases. There are business cases that say that you know connecting underserved communities is actually very profitable, <laughs> you know, it, it, and, and with the right technology and the right application, you, you know, you can not only reach a lot of people that desperately need it, but you can also, you know, uh, uh, put a few, put a few bucks away as well. So um, yeah, interesting that, that the, the range of that too, because I know that, you know, uh, companies like Mavenir, Cradlepoint and Boingo, are all in that category, uh, but so is SK Telecom and Federated Wireless. You know, those were all finalists as well. So it's like again, completely taking on different segments of the market, but all of them using the same mechanism. Uh, you know, private wireless networks to accomplish, uh, you know, their their end goal. Um, we're just over the twenty something minute mark. Uh, it'd be a, a, a kind of us uh, to to sign off here and. <laughs> And, and not take up too much uh, everyone's time. But I do want to say uh, thanks to uh, uh, all the light reading editors for your hard work on uh, determining the finalist. And, and, you know, as we're digging through everything and we're uh, reading through things one more time to get to the winner's list. Um, and also thanks to everybody who's uh, uh, taken the time to uh, look up this, uh, the finalist list, the stories we've written about these companies and the companies themselves. Um, if, if, uh, if you're a company that was in this uh, contest and you're wondering why you weren't picked or whatever, we don't answer all those things individually. Uh, it would take far too long and there'd be, you know, hundreds of things we'd have to answer. <laughs> but um, in general, I think what, you know, Alan and Jeff are kind of outlining here is, is specificity matters, um, clarity matters, and, uh, and then having some, you know, proof point uh, for why something matter to a business is that seems to be the common thread in these entries that made it all the way to the finalists. You know, another great year of entries and, and uh, I like it when they make our job difficult, <laughs> you know, trying yeah. to look through everything. And it's not like, it's, it's great to see so many meaty entries. Absolutely. There you go. Hey, it's getting to be lunchtime and it's also on a Friday. So uh, that, that Alan's comment has, has, uh, has caused me to think about a gigantic delicious sandwich which i will be consuming shortly so uh, we'll sign off for <laughs> for now uh thank you gentlemen and uh thank you all for listening